Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Happy Tuesday and welcome to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Zagura and get back today. With you, actually, it's going to be me and you. For the first hour. For the the first hour? Yeah. And then what happens? The Hoff. You know what's coming. Oh, baby, the Hoff. Gotta love that. Well, first of all, obviously wish we had better football news for everybody out there. We don't. Eh. It is what it is. We've had a chance to digest that since the disappointing loss to the New Orleans Saints this Saturday, 17-10. But then we had Christmas on uh, Sunday, which I was... digested some beers. Oh, man. That's how you get through it. Yeah, you had a good one, Gibbe? Had a great one, man. You? It was great. Kids come home. So they got Everybody in. Everybody made it. They made it home at like noon on Christmas. They didn't, couldn't get out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they were able to get out Sunday uh, and get in, I should say. Getting out wouldn't have been a problem in Florida, but then they got in on Sunday and then got them and... We had the best time. Everybody loved their gifts. It was a great year of gifts, and, and Arden like got us gifts. She got us some uh, Christmas vacation ugly Christmas sweaters that says, why is the floor wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Great. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was great. And then we had everybody over, 11 people, and did the prime rib up, and it was delicious. Saw it. Oh, I saw God. it on the, uh, on the videos. Ah, it's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Did it's you good. have any leftover? So there's a little bit left over. Yeah, I've had a couple of bones already that were leftovers, and then uh, there's like one probably two-inch slab left over from 14 pounds. That's it. What is the reheat instructions? Because I, I feel like people just assume you just nuke it, and that no, is not no. a good decision I'll, I'll, for any kind of food. I'll re it. Really? So you just put it in, and you put it like not quite the temperature that you had wanted it at. So if it was, I did one thirty-two point five. So I'll just re-suvie it to like one twenty-nine, and then I'll probably throw pop it back in the oven at like four seventy-five for like three minutes, just to kind of crust nice. up the outside again. Okay, and it'll be like right. it'll be good as new. It'll nice. New. So yeah, did that. Had a uh, so Sunday, I was down going in my uh, fantasy league going into Sunday. The guy that I was playing against was totally done. His whole squad was done. I had still to go Christian Watson, the Denver defense, DeAndre oh, no. Hopkins, Eckler, and the kicker of the Chargers. And I was down 27 points with five people. Feeling pretty good that or someone's going to I was down thir- maybe 37 points with five people 37 with five people yeah so they needed just average like yeah I was I should have won by like 40 obviously did not so Watson in the first game on Christmas is playing well he has like six catches 49 yards in the first half but gets hurt correct doesn't come back no which I was looking at him I'm like I feel like you should have come yeah, back I would have liked to but... I would have liked him to have come back yeah second game is the Broncos Rams Denver had been like scoring a ton of defensive points. They had eight picks in their last three games. The Rams had been the worst offense, so like the best for a fantasy defense to go against. Looking at the matchup, you would have said, this is a big, nice opportunity. Zero. Like it's impossible for a defense in our league to score zero. It is almost impossible. They score zero. That's how your coach gets fired the next day. Then DeAndre Hopkins goes out, gets 10 targets. Catches one pass for four yards. Now you're sweating. 
So now it goes into Monday. I'm down 27, I want to say. And all I have is Eckler and the kicker. Dicker the kicker. And Eckler scores once in the first half. Yes. And then he scored in the fourth quarter. And that was it. So on to the finals, baby. How much did you win by? Uh, Four points. Ended up winning by four. You were sweating. You oh, had to yeah. watch. You had See, to watch that pig slop. Last what had happened was what happened Ugh. was the absolute worst is so on after Saturday his final game was uh, the Pittsburgh Raiders game. Yep. He had Najee and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has been amazing all year. He had his worst game of the year. He scored like five points, and Najee scored like that Pittsburgh mystique, ten everything or with whatever. Franco and yeah. so he was like. Texting every, you know, conceding good game, it's over, blah blah blah. Not so and fast, I'm like, my friend. And I'm trying to be like, I don't want to hear your reverse jinx. Like, I got no time for it. I tried to like block his reverse jinx, and then all of a sudden, Saturday happens or Sunday happens, Christmas Day happens with those three games and those three performances, and I'm like, you, like you reverse jinx me. <laughs> so then, so Saturday, all day Sunday night and Monday on the group text, I'm just keep talking about, you know. What a great season we had, and it was such a magical run. And wishing Ricky the best of luck in the finals. So I like quadruple reverse jinxed his reverse jinx, and then Austin Eckler. We drafted him first overall. He delivered for us in the clutch, and so we're on to the finals, taking on Mark Monaco and Vitardi in search of their first ever George. And I'm on my fourth. And the Miz was like calling me yesterday, and he's like, "You're just trying to to be like I got no chance." So when you come back, I'm like, "No man, it's over. I got no chance. I don't know what you're talking about." And then. On to the finals, and it was only because I know, did you watch any of the game? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I watched. I watched up through halftime last night, and then I was like, All I right, can't. So if Keenan Allen anymore. doesn't step out of bounds by the slimmest of margins on that one play, Eckler doesn't get his first touchdown, and then the second touchdown, he got tackled at the one inch line, and I thought he was in, and I was wanting them to review, it, and then I'm like, they're just going to quarterback sneak it, and then they gave it to him, and he scored. And I was like, yes. I was screaming. My kids came downstairs. They're like, did you make it? Did you win? I was like, yeah, sure did. Sure did. So it was good. Good good capper to the holiday. I am bummed out, though. Like, this year, I don't know why. I felt like December flew by, and then all of a sudden it was Christmas. And then now I'm like, but I still want, like, Christmas and Christmas hype and all of that. Thanksgiving came. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the month December sped flew up by. like a five-time speed. And, I don't understand. And next thing you know, it was Christmas. And now everybody is – I, I don't know. There's some people working here today. Um, it, it's like uh, I, th- there were not a lot of cars in the parking lot today. <laughs> no. Well, it's a, it's a week between the two holidays. You know, well, you and, and the home portion of the schedule is over. Home schedule so the, done. So the people that spent a lot of time last week working and were here on Friday in a blizzard, you know, rightfully so. Four and four at home. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. So your losses Should have been. Could have been. Saints. Better. Jets. Chargers, Patriots at home were your losses. And three of them you had in the you grasp. swept the division at home. You went 3-0 and at home in the division. You still have a chance to go 4-2 and in the division if you beat the Steelers. Yep. Mm. That game mm-hmm. TBD, kids. Who was the last – who was our other – off the top of my head, who else did we beat at home? Why am I blanking on it? We beat the three teams in the division, and we have one other home win. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It just was a very frustrating – I guess if there was a positive on Saturday, it was you're on to Christmas. <laughs> like, you're on to the holiday. Because at 4 o'clock, it was not a great – well, it was great 
maybe in our booth. <laughs> it was but awful. It was it was awful. The feeling was not great. No. But you were like, okay, it's Christmas. I got to put this to bed. I'll revisit this later when I yeah, can it was, settle down and not be angry. Yeah, and then to, just kind of to talk about the game for a second, just it felt like it, it turned out very much like, and I appreciate everybody who tuned into the broadcast because it felt like in some ways – it laid out like we said it was going to. Once they made that switch to Taysom Hill, and I had talked about, you know, I'd only had all week snaps we had talked about it at quarterback, and that this would be, you know, probably the most that he would have at quarterback all season. Once they kind of made that switch, it was very difficult to defend, and and not surprisingly so. And and by the way, we also had success when we ran it with our quarterback, but we just didn't unfortunately do that as much as as they did. And Hill's a a beast, and he got Kamara going, and they got their whole team going. I thought that. You know, offensively, you had a chance, I thought, really to put it away early. But Amari falls down, and that touchdown, 14-0 would have felt we really we were, big. We were talking in the booth. That yeah. that would have almost seemed insurmountable given the weather. Yep, yep. And, and the way that we were playing, defensively as well. Yeah, and unfortunately, it just it did not pan itself out that way. And, and they were able to go out there and, you know, use the extra offensive lineman. They had Trevor Penning out there for 20 snaps. Uh, of their 54 on offense they had the extra guy out there and they just ran it and ran it and ran it and they got after us and unfortunately you know they were able to get that win and it was a it, it honestly it was a bad loss yeah it was a bad loss it was a team that you should have beaten at home out of their elements they hadn't won outdoors all year they couldn't throw the ball the wind was clearly a factor neither team could throw the ball but their ability to really just stick with that and run with, you know, Taysom Hill and Kamara overcame whatever we were doing. And, you know, you blew it. We were, it was 10 nothing, 10 nothing lead. You give up 17 unanswered. And that was just, that was, it was rough. And it was kind of, in many ways, a microcosm, I feel like, of, of what happened this whole season. And, and the Browns at the end had their chances. They dropped the ball literally. Obviously, incredibly difficult conditions to, to catch the football. And, and I'm not, trying to minimize that in any way shape or form but certainly felt like some balls that were catchable for the Browns and they didn't make those catches and that ultimately proved to be the difference in this you know Taysom Hill nine carries 56 yards for them Watson three for 24 for us averaged eight yards a carry had the touchdown run but we couldn't get enough going through the air two tipped interceptions that evened each other out for both sides um just a rough game a rough game, very disappointing game. I think if you're if you're as a Browns fan, it's a disappointing season, right? I mean, like that's really what it not, what it's been. Not the last image you want to give the fan base at home. No, no, and you had some, you season. know, un, like I thought Reggie Ragland was great in this game. Yes, ten tackles. Uh, it was the highest graded player on the Browns at Pro Football Focus. Um, this physicality in the run game was readily apparent. Uh, it, it just. It, it's like so many things this year. Just not enough to get the job done. Not enough impactful plays. You know, we didn't get a single sack in this game. Um, it was just tough. Grant Delpit, nice interception off the tip. He had good coverage from John Johnson. And and then kind of when things were good, then all of a sudden they weren't good. And then we just don't have that that resiliency, that answer, and that, you know, it, it's just kind of, like I said, microcosm of the year. Let one get away that you shouldn't have. Got out physicaled when it mattered. Got out clutched when it mattered, um, and and ultimately we're not able to overcome, you know, the deficiencies that we had. And obviously, you know, bringing Deshaun in, it's. I know people are upset with you know the level of play that he's produced. It's it's, it's a be, work in progress. It is, but it would be nice if we were able to play this game in a, in decent weather. Well, 
I mean, there was a pass it, that Andy Dalton threw that the ball, wind blew backwards and it hit a guy in the back of his head. Thank goodness, because he was open. But, like, it, it's, it is, you're right, it's December. It's, but then you go and you watch some of those games over the weekend, and you'd say the ones that were played in decent environments actually looked like football. The ones that were not, you not knew. as much. Yeah. yeah, you knew right away. Sunday, we're in Washington or Landover, Maryland, yep. wherever the heck we're going the worst press box in the nfl awesome uh yeah oh wait till you get a load of this one uh 53 in rain like it's it, it it's been a weird weather year 53 and rain yeah that was supposed to be better weather than that i huh. think there might be rain just in the morning it might just be in the morning but 53 it was supposed to be in the it was supposed to be around 60 and i've seen that it's come down here a little bit over the last couple days tuesday who knows a lot can happen but it just extremely disappointing especially because you had them on the ropes at halftime yeah and you came out in the second half and they scored and i think we all looked at each other and there was the they got a two for one they had two and they got 10 points field goal touchdown and that was and And that's where you're at yeah, just disappointing. It's been a disappointing season uh, it, all around. This team, more talent than the results have yielded. Um, and I think it's, you know, it falls on everybody, right? I think there are certain situations where the coaching and, and the scheme needed to be better. I think there were certainly situations where the players and the execution needed to be better and the performance needed to be better. And when all of that stuff is, is not at the level it needs to be, you end up with a season like this. And now you want to go out and you want to win these last two games. You can spoil Washington's playoff hopes. Spoil Washington. You want to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Yes. It's Brown Steelers. It gives you a chance to sweep the Steelers. When's the last time we swept the Steelers? I don't know. I would have to look. It's been a long time. A long time. So you could. that's at least on the thing. Because yes. in 2020, we didn't sweep the Steelers. No. No. Screw those bums. So we can. That's, what, that's, what you're, that's where you're at. You're out of the playoffs. You are eliminated. That's what you have to play for. And there are going to be teams in the playoffs that you're going to say, man, we, I think at, at one point we were better than those teams, but unfortunately we lost a lot of them head-to-head, and, yep. and we blew it, blew our chances. Um, one roster update from yesterday, finally officially, even though we've been talking about it since late last Friday. week. Yep. Jack Conklin assigned a four-year contract extension with the Browns, the right tackle, who has had a very solid season for this football team. Uh, he will be here for four more seasons, and that gives them good depth there. You know, you need Jed Wills to come along more, but you got James Hudson now backing up and, and keep your good depth at that tackle position. So that that is a good move for the Cleveland Browns. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear Kevin Stefanski's press conference from yesterday. Uh, then Gibbe and I will react to that. We've got one thought from every game at one thirty, which will be a lot of fun. Poizel is going to step in. For, Bo, for one thought. For Bo Bishop, yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Then we get the Hoff coming in at 2 o'clock for Absolutely. The, uh, the Hoff hour, and, and there it is. So lots to get to here on this show. And uh, we will – look, it is what it is, right? We're, we are where we are. The season is what it is. And, and so we're still going to have fun. There's still plenty of good football to talk about. And for the Browns, as we talked about, still an opportunity to, to end the playoff dreams of the Washington Commanders. And then an opportunity Maybe to sweep – the Squealers. To sweep the Steelers. An opportunity to sweep – the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is something that we'll we'll look that up. We'll get Connor to look that up in the break. I, Connor, I feel like he might even know that is with his Pittsburgh ties. It had it wasn't when Roethlisberger was here. I don't know. I gotta I gotta go back and look. That that is definitely a look back into the. In twenty twenty, we split, which was our best season. Twenty twenty one, last year, the year we beat out. We, we lost Alex Mack. Did we split that? Yeah. They beat us in at the 2014. End. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yes. All right. We'll take a look at that. We'll get some of that information for you and, uh, and much, much more. When we come back, head coach Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon, very soon, to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. We head to the podium now. Here's Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Okay, first of all, I hope everybody had a good holiday yesterday with their families. Um, on the injury front, really the only thing to report is Judevian is still in the concussion protocol. Um, I'll update the, anything else that comes out of the next few days uh, on Wednesday. You know, watching the tape, like we talked about, that there were opportunities in that football game, um, tough conditions for both football teams, and uh, an evenly matched game, but in the end didn't, didn't make enough plays uh, to win that game, which was, uh, you know, tough. And, and the guys uh, fought like crazy, fought till the end. So uh, disappointed about that, but uh, we know this uh, still got some football left in us, and we know we got Washington starting this week uh, on Sunday. So with that, I will take any questions. Hey, Kevin, hope you had a nice holiday as well. Um, in terms of the last couple of games with Miles and Nick, who have both been dealing with with stuff, have you considered sitting them for the last two? Yeah, those type of conversations, Tom, really haven't gotten into. I, I know this. Uh, every single one of our players wants to compete, uh, wants the opportunity that all of these Sundays provide. So um, I know all of our guys are excited about that. But as far as those type of conversations, I haven't really discussed that yet. And in reviewing Saturday's game, I know the, the the passing numbers probably started to skyrocket, especially because you had to throw being behind on those last couple of drives. But were you happy with the run-pass mix? Did you feel like the game plan was was what you wanted it to be? Yeah, there were, you know, obviously you're trying to find any which way to, to move the ball, trying to find ways to score points. Had some opportunities in the run game. Uh, we probably weren't consistent enough, especially on second down. Uh, and then just a couple opportunities where conditions were hard and, and there were some third downs where, you know, you were trying to throw it, but really in some tough looks. So uh, all in all, always trying to give our guys an opportunity to make a play. There were plays to be made. Um, the, the wind, you know, was was very strong at times and then did die down at times as well. But tough conditions for, for really both teams. Uh, yeah, Coach, in reviewing the film, what did you, uh, you know, what did you think of how, Deshaun Watson played, how he handled the elements and just overall an assessment of, of his afternoon. Yeah, I, I think that you definitely consider how he played in the elements uh, in some very, very tough uh, situations. But that last drive to, to be on the field for that long, uh, to make some really, really unbelievable throws in, in that in that moment. Um, I know we didn't come down with the ball again. It's our guys hold themselves at very high standards, and and you know I applaud Dave uh, after the game. You know said he should make that play. That's what he believes. Um, and 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 he, and we know how tough it was. But for those guys to battle in that situation to to 
to have the plays that they had late in the game, I think speaks to to how hard they're working. Does that bode well for the future that Deshaun can, uh, you know, can get the ball through some of those fierce wins and kind of put it where it needs to go in that type of situation? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, obviously that's his first time playing in those type of conditions. Uh, again, like I mentioned, there were at times when the wind was, was very, very severe. And then late in that drive, uh, in that two minute drive at the end, there made some really impressive throws, uh, as the wind had died down a bit. Uh, but to deal with those conditions for the first time, obviously that cold was, was, uh, something that he hasn't experienced. A lot of our guys haven't experienced that type uh, of cold in the football game. Hey, Kevin, another, um, Deshaun question. When you look back at it, could you, or should you maybe have run him more, especially considering the Saints were having success with kind of those direct snap runs? Yeah, there, there were a couple opportunities, uh, Scott, you know, I, to their credit, they adjusted as well. Uh, and we're taking the safety out of the middle of the field and just playing him down for the quarterback run game, really selling out for it. So uh, there's always opportunities that, that we're looking at um, in that regard. Yes. And there seemed like there were a couple of plays where he would kind of roll out and he had a guy in front of him. He could either keep it or dump it down. And a couple of times he dumped it down. It didn't really go anywhere. Like, how do you kind of coach him? And what do you guys talk about the decision to keep it or get it out of his hands? Yeah, there's, those are all game reps that I think you learn from. Uh, there, there's really the one play in particular I think you may be alluding to with Donovan in the flat. Uh, he, he knew, I think he knew it right away. You know, you can always press the line of scrimmage as the quarterback and and make those defenders come play you. And if they play you, you you dish it. If they don't play you, you run. So he he understands that he's played that uh, game before. Um, so obviously there's plays that he, he wishes he had done something differently. But um, but by and large, I mean he he battled like crazy. Yeah, Kevin, we've seen you in the past get real creative with the run game even using receivers. And it seemed like Saturday might've been an opportunity to, to do that. Just um, what was your uh, thought process on holding back on that? Cause if I remember correctly, I think only uh, Kareem, Nick and Deshaun ended up running the ball. Yeah. You know, there were some things Daryl just felt like the exchanges, the quarterback to a receiver or a running back pitching it to a, a receiver just didn't feel like, the conditions warranted uh, plays like that. I think the conditions really made you think long and hard about center quarterback, you know, the long snapper to the punter, all, all those operational things were, were very front of mind. And then um, just how do you think Cade uh, handled things? I, he may, I know he made his, his couple of kicks there, but obviously with some of the home struggles that he is he's had this year how do you think he handled things and how much of an invaluable learning experience was that for him now going forward playing in in those uh type of conditions and that yeah, I thought he handled it well I think you know even in pregame I think he was uh was handling it really well and was kicking it well and it's hard because you can't mimic those conditions as as you can imagine you know you go down to the stadium during the week, but the wind's not nearly what it's going to be. Obviously, the cold's not where it's going to be. So all of those uh, reps are important for a young kicker. Hey, Kevin, I know you mentioned David Njoku being hard on himself for not making that catch, but I know David Bell was kind of hard on himself for missing that catch that led to the Saints interception and touchdown. I guess for like a rookie, and especially a rookie who's been kind of renowned for his hands so far in his career, how much of a teaching moment is this one like for him? Yeah, you know, those are the bang-bang plays. We had a very similar play on our interception to uh, that Grant got. Uh, 
you know, he was stumbling a little bit coming out of his break as he was trying to avoid a player. So he was going to the ground. The ball was a little bit more out in front uh, because didn't anticipate the him trying to avoid the other player. So uh, a bang, bang play, you know, uh, and, and you mentioned it. David's a, a young man that, that we trust. The quarterbacks trust. He, he's been very dependable. Hey, coach. Um, as far as with two games to go, what do you feel like there is to accomplish? And are you a believer that you can gain any momentum going into the off season, you know, by finishing strong? And second, do you look at this as an opportunity to look at some of the younger players or just playing it straight? Well, I, I think to your f first point there, Fred, we do want to finish strong. You want to finish everything you do. Um, so we understand, uh, you know, the scenario that we're in. But we also understand that we have an opportunity uh, this week versus Washington. Then we got another opportunity the following week. So that's really where our focus is. Uh, any of those big picture type of conversations are for probably for another time. Hey, Kevin, why did Miles not play that first series? That was just a uh, a team thing. That was my decision. Okay. I suppose you're not going to elaborate on that? Correct. And um, why was it important for you and the organization to re-sign Jack? Yeah, you know, just every – we've talked about Jack in the past and just all the things he stands for and just think about uh, the rehab that he's gone through this past year and, and how hard he worked to get himself on the field, how hard he works in the building. Uh, he's really a, a model citizen in that regard and, and what we, and what we look for and, and he's played good football for us. So just felt like that was a, a great uh, opportunity for us, a great opportunity for him to get something done. Uh, yeah. Just wondering, uh, you know, why, was it such tough sledding for Kareem Hunt? Uh, obviously, only, you know, on his seven carries. Was it, you know, the situations that he was in or what was kind of going on there? Yeah, I don't I don't really distinguish it, Mary Kay, between Kareem and, and Nick. You know, uh, we at times blocked it really well. At times, one or two guys really didn't. Uh, executed exactly how they could. And, and again, in, in tough conditions and, and where you had to come off the ball and it was going to be a lot of dirty runs. And uh, Nick had a couple opportunities to scoot through there through some of the holes and, and Kareem did not, but wasn't for a lack of effort. Yeah, Kevin, obviously winning and losing in the NFL is just such a real fine line. We, we've touched on the, the close call with, with the, the throw to David and stuff like that. It just seems like that's been a little bit of an underlying theme this year. Opportunities, close but just not able to make those key plays just from you from your perspective as, as a coach when you evaluate those situations what do you think it, it you know you guys can do to get to a point where you make those difference making plays uh when they matter the most going forward yeah i, I think it's to your point listen there are going to be plays in the game that, that are you know game on the line you got to make a play dave goes up versus tampa on fourth down and makes the play um obviously we would have loved to have made the play last week but i think for us so much of the focus goes on those plays and 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 as a coach i can go back to the first play or second play of the game and talk about how we could have done something differently players coaches you name it so uh, you never know when that play is going to happen in the course of a game that's going to change the course of the game um and that's why the, the focus really is in terms of playing a 60 minute football game. And uh, if you do that, if you're uh, if you're playing clean offense, defense, special teams uh, from the beginning, maybe you don't put yourself in the position where it's a tight ball game. So, again, the guys are going to make sure that they're working hard, understand what they have to do. And we got to just put them in position to make plays.
All right, that's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski at the podium there. When we come back, Anthony Poizel in studio. We're going to give you one thing from every game this weekend, week 16 in the National Football League. And, folks, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers. Presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. All right, we'll be back with more here. One thing from every game this weekend. Clean Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services is always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, we've got you covered. Because at Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash gobrowns. Today, welcome in Brown staff writer Anthony Poizel to the program live in studio. Gibbe is here as well. So Gibbe, what's about to happen? Week 16 in the National Football League. Bishop on assignment. Poizel out of the bullpen for yes. one thought on this Tuesday. Uh, it's brought to you by Taco Bell. That's right. Regular Taco Bell. Yeah, I know. During the 2022 regular season, fans can head to their local Cleveland area Taco Bell to pick up a free football feast meal featuring a Chalupa Supreme. Not free, but you can go and pay for it. Correct. Yeah. Did I say free? Yeah. You said free. <laughs> Not free. Not free. But a great value. It's going to feel like it's free when you hear that you get a Chalupa well, Supreme. Number one, after 9 o'clock, the box is 5 bucks. Yeah, it so, might as well I be mean, free. A Thank beefy five-layer burrito, a cinnamon twist, and a medium drink after nine o'clock for only five bucks. Goodness gracious! <laughs> Not Almost free. free. Not free. Practically, but amazing. It's pretty close on the yeah. price. I may or may not have gotten one before Christmas Eve. I thought that uh, was McDonald's. You tweeted out. I did, and yeah. I got that too. <laughs> Gibbe, knock them all out of the park, Poizel. kids. Hold on, knock them out of the park, kids. Hold on, Poizel. Okay. He's selling right now. He's doing he's doing the the good work over here. So we don't question the veracity of of what he's doing. What? Man, had I'm already Bell. trying to. We're, pump, clean we're up pumping the fact Taco that, Bell right yeah. now. Yeah. So he's saying he had Taco Bell, and you're like, you didn't have Taco Bell. You had McDonald's. I got you. Well, you just yeah, 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 good. I bet it was great. Cause Taco Bell is great. <laughs> we'll have a conversation about McDonald's another time. There, yeah, it, is. there <laughs> it is. There it is. This segment there it is. is sponsored by Taco Bell. Glad to have them on board. He's going to get the Kobe Jones the kid treatment over here. <laughs> One <laughs> thought from every game Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> uh, maybe even a little Monday night as well. All right. Kicking things off late Saturday night, Christmas Eve in the land of hot dog water. The Squealers knocking off the Raiders 13-10 to to keep their playoffs, playoff hopes alive. Las Vegas' playoff hopes still alive as well at 6-9. and nine. I have no idea how, but yet they are. Poizel, one thought from you on the big win over uh, the Raiders by the Pukers. I mean, yeah, the Steelers, they just, they just don't die. Uh, and we've known that for years, and, and that's going to live up uh, again this year, is that you know uh, this is just how it's been under Mike Tomlin, is they just find ways to stay in the playoff race until the very end. And that's what they're doing again. Um, did it obviously on a very, very chilly, cold, freezing, just like we had here night in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, took advantage. <laughs> the defense played really well. They took advantage of Derek Carr throwing three interceptions. And uh, and guess what? It's it's what week seventeen now, and they're still in the playoff race. Zagura, one thought from you. Kenny Pickett, three game-winning drives, but I love that Pickens. I liked him 
going into the draft. Yes, you did. He, if he looks like a stud. He made the big play when they needed it on yep. a nice little slant route. Got a, guy, a good pass, obviously, from Kenny Pickett as well. The Steelers, they just they just figure out how to win under Mike Tomlin. It's crazy. It really is. It's wild because they're not a good football team. And the Raiders no. are just – talk about a team that is less than the sum of its parts. I mean, and, and look, we're sitting here and yep. we can't throw – you know, living glass houses, you can't throw stones. But the Raiders have been dreadful given what they should have been this year. Squealers yep. were dead and buried. We thought that Tomlin was going to get his first losing season as a head coach. He still can. Still can. Still very we should, much we should be trying to make sure that that does not happen. <laughs> very much in play. In week 18. Yep. Late day games. By the way, the NFL doing Washington no favors. It's one thing if you have to travel when you play on Christmas Eve. We've had to do it. Chicago yeah. a couple of years ago and uh, a few other places Christmas Eve. It's a whole nother to go to the West Coast and then have to fly all night home. Mm-hmm. And then you're a vegetable all day yep. on Christmas yeah. Day. The commies had to do that. 49ers, 37. Commies, 20. Washington, got to take care of some business. This is a big game for them, a Mm -hmm. big week for them versus the Browns. 49ers continue to put themselves in a nice little uh, position to make a playoff run. Zagura, one thought from you. Yeah, the Niners are ridiculous. Brock Purdy, now the second quarterback since 1950 to start 3-0 with multiple touchdown passes in each of his first three career starts. That's crazy. The other... Hall of Famer in 19, Kurt Warner in 1999 when he won the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP that season, which was also his first. The Niners' defense is so good. It's wild. They're going to get Debo back. They are, I think, are they the best team in the NFL right now? I think they very well may be. Uh, Cincinnati might have something to say about that. Yeah. Cincinnati, though, the way that they, and we'll get to that game later on, but they were up 22 to nothing. Yeah, the, they took their foot you, off you the, be the accelerator, and then they could figure out how to that's get That's still it going. not good. Like, the Niners are and, stomping everybody. And the Patriots still had a chance to very much win that to game. To win it, that yes. That, I mean, if it wasn't for that fumble, they they, they would have had it there. But but no, uh, Brock Purdy, I think, is – I mean, you just read off that stat, Nathan. Like, he's he's the real deal, I think, right? Like, he's, oh, he's yes. definitely going to help the Niners win in the postseason. I know a couple of weeks ago we were like kind of guy – Debo's coming back to practice this week, too. Yeah, I mean, they're only going to get better in that way. So – um, I think he has a real shot of potentially making Trey Lance a backup QB next year if he's able to win a few more playoff games. I don't really know if there's even an argument for it. So, oh yeah, um, you know the Commanders also had a top five defense and they still put up 37. This wasn't just another you know kind of like a squeaky win. This was no, a, this was this a dominant a, win. It was a win of great um, importance. So I, I think that I think you're right, Nathan. I think Niners have a, a legit argument to be the top team in the league right now, and they'll be just fine in the playoffs. All right, on we go to the NFC East, the Eagles victory parade and uh, NFC East clinching parade. Well, I think they've won the NFC East, but they have not clinched the number one seed. Mm -hmm. That is on hold for another week after Dallas goes in and knocks off the Eagles 40-34, to the final score. Zagura, one thought from you. What a fun game this was. Mm -hmm. This game was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, What resilience by the Dallas Cowboys. You thought maybe after that early pick six that would be it, and then Dak was unreal. CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You want just, like, stars in this game? I thought Minshew played well. Um, Obviously couldn't get it done at the end there. He was close. I felt bad for him. I did, too. He played very, very well. It was uh, just awesome. Fun game. Great fantasy game. It had everything you wanted. Best game of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. I The thing that I, I think I take away most from that is really that I just hope that they play again in the postseason, and I hope they play again in the postseason with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback because I think that the Eagles can 
would probably have won that game if Jalen Hurts was the QB, although it's not saying Gardner Minshew didn't play bad. He played great. Um, I just think that game can be even better if Jalen Hurts is, is under center for Philly. Um, I mean, yeah, what a great shootout. I just I hope we get another rematch of that in the playoffs. So that, this game was in Dallas. Dallas is 8-1 and one at home, 3-3 three and three on the road. They're probably going to have to go on the road for the entire duration of the NFL playoffs. And yet Tampa Bay, who has a losing record. They get a home game. Yeah. That's the way it works. Have you guys Hot had – Garbage. We'll have bring that up with a Hoff later on. Yeah. Have you guys talked about, just ever had an argument about whether or not a team with a record that bad, even though a division, like that's been an argument that people have been having all week about whether they should. It's an annual tradition. Okay. There's at least one hot garbage team that shouldn't be hosting a playoff game. What do you mean? Linear division. That's how it goes. No. Whatever. That's how it goes. (laughs) Um. By the way, that was Philly's first road loss of the year, so they were seven and zero going into the gate uh, on the road. Impressive indeed by yep. the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, 35. The Chicago Bears, 13. Bears now 3-12 and 12 on the season. Buffalo, 12-3. and three. And trying to buy for that number one seed. Poizal, one thought from you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me here is just that the Bills' defense is really peaking at the right time, which bodes well for how they're going to do in the playoffs. They haven't allowed – I went back and looked at this. They haven't allowed more than 30 points in the last six games. All of them have been wins. They're on a six-game win streak now. And they haven't allowed more than 100 rushing yards in five of those games. So they're playing really well against – they've played some good running backs in that time too. Nick Chubb was one of them. Um, and they're just, it just seems like this is, they're peaking at the right time for the playoffs, which the same can be said about a lot of the teams that have been at that in that top tier all year. And I just think uh, you know a 35-13 win over the Bears shows that even more. Zagura. I was most impressed by their running attack. When they can do that, uh, I feel like they would be unstoppable on offense. Cook and Singletary, 23 mm-hmm. carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns. It's like a Cook breakout game, it seems like. It's been, it's happened, it's been, right? it's been kind of bubbling to the surface, but yeah. then they never fully commit to it. I feel like Cook could be... A monstrous star. I mean, one of the Bills ever committed to a running back? Like, I think like it's good that they're going to have a variety of guys. You want to have that guy now? Tell you what, they better get one, and they better figure out who they're riding with sooner rather than later. Well, it's going to be Singletary or Cook for sure. But you know, Cook's ready. I think to be a real star. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the Bills maintain that number one overall seed. However, the tough test comes a week from now when they go to the Natty, the Nasty Natty, to battle the Bengals. All right, Baltimore, 17, Falcons, 9. Ravens continue to find ways to win. They clinch a playoff spot, now 10-5 and five on the year. Zagura, one thought from you. Again, enough to win, not pretty. They got to get Lamar Jackson back. It's weird how they said he was going to be back, and then now they're not so sure. And it, This happened last year, uh, by the yeah. way. Yeah. This this went through the whole month of December. He missed like the last six. It's, it's, yes. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't play. And it's not good that this is, you know, the contract is all looming behind us. Uh, and what's going to happen? That's the, part of the problem. He's yep. going to end up with the Jets. That's my hot take. That's what I'm calling That right is now. a hot take. There it is. Maybe he goes to Tampa. I mean, I think, somewhere else. I think the Ravens still franchise tag him. If, if, I think they're going to trade him. It sounds like. I don't know. It's a lot of people talking about that that's the way out there. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was that Demarcus Robinson scored the only touchdown of the game. First wide receiver of the Ravens to catch a touchdown since week three. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's if you had him on your fantasy team, congratulations. <laughs> you you played him. are a winner. If you're starting him in a playoff team, then then something bad happened. Yeah, There were plenty of bad things. All right, Carolina continues to stay in the mix, and they've set themselves up with a big matchup with Tampa Bay on Sunday. Winner pretty much taking all here. Carolina takes down the red-hot Detroit Lions 37-23. Poizel, one thought from you. 
I think Sam Darnold might be playing himself into an opportunity to start again for Carolina next year. And um, he's three and one since he's came back. Um, hasn't necessarily been you know blowing the roof off the place, but obviously a three and one record when a team like the Panthers is in the middle of a playoff hunt is is, is pretty impressive. So, um, I, and I'm not saying it's it, it'll be great for Sam Darnold to be back for Carolina next year if that happens, but. I don't know how they're maybe going to get a better quarterback than that, considering their draft position might not be that high with the way that they've played. And and I don't know what you know cap wise and free agency what they do. So if Sam Darnold keeps playing playing well and even gets some spot in the playoffs, then yeah, he's going to be around next year. Zagura, last week they couldn't run the ball. This week they could run it like crazy. The yeah. Carolina Panthers set it's a team record. So wild. Steve Wilkes doing a heck of a job. Mm-hmm. He's doing a heck of a job there. Um, Disappointing loss, though, for the Lions. If Very. you're the Lions, you need that this was a game that you wanted to to win and, and be able to continue to control your own destiny, and they just got beaten up by the Panthers. All right, up next, the Vikings hold on yet again. The Giants, what seemed like a, a, a horrible loss, not so horrible considering everybody else in the NFC did them a favor and lost as well. Vikings <laughs> 27, Giants 24. Zagura, one thought. Why in the world? Did the Detroit Lions trade TJ Hawkinson at all? Mm-hmm. Number two, in their own division. What it's stupefying. Yep. 13 catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. He's had at least three catches every game that he's been with the Vikings. He's been huge. Justin Jefferson, it's like giving him another weapon, and now they've got Hawkinson, Jefferson, Cook, and then Thielen can still make plays. Osborne makes plays at times. Absolutely insane. The Vikings. They win close games. They're going to have that belief even into the playoffs, even though they haven't been great. But he's unbelievable. Justin Jefferson, by the way, has the single-season receiving yard record, breaking Randy Moss's from 2003, and there's still two games to go. That Offensive Player of the Year one, I would know that we're not allowed to being NFL employees, but that would have been my big breadwinner this year. I had Jefferson in our preseason Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah. That would have been the one. It's a good case. I I mean, I don't think you can rule the Vikings out for the number one seat at this point either. I know the Eagles have been in that spot all year. They're right there. But with the way the Vikings are playing, 11-0 in one-score games this year, which is an all-time record, that's just insane if you think about it, right? So I would not be ruling the Vikings out to to have the NFC. And the Eagles, it should be a gimme, but they host the Saints on Sunday. Right. Yeah. So And the Saints still with something to play for. And I know Minshew played well, but as long as Hurts is out, that Eagles team is is, is still not as capable, I think, uh, as it would be with Hurts in the game. All right, we're going to rotate, guys, since we're up against it. Right. Zagura, Chiefs 24, Seahawks 10. Seahawks fall to 7-8. and eight. Geno Smith falling back to reality a little bit. Chiefs, they finally beat somebody by double digits, but it still feels like they could be doing a lot more every week. They're kind of just, it feels like they're in cruise control. Uh, AP, Bengals 22, Patriots 18. I know, Zagura, actually you have a thought on this, so I'll come back to you. Yeah, I mean, I keep going really big picture with some of these uh, just because it's the end of the year and you kind of really know where teams are going to end the season. But how much better can the Patriots really get over the next two years than this, right? I mean, they're very clearly a 500 team. It feels like that's their ceiling with Mac Jones as a QB. They lack big playmakers outside of Ramondre Stevenson who didn't even have a good game, and and, and now they're in a division where three other teams all appear to have long-term futures. I... I think Robert Kraft's got some decisions yeah. to make here this offseason. Oh, yeah. By the way, this this stat, Marcus Jones receiving touchdown, punt return touchdown, interception return touchdown as a rookie, only other player in the Super Bowl era to score 40-plus yard touchdowns each of those ways in his entire career, not just in one season, in his entire career. Deion Sanders. I was going to say, it's Deion. It's got to be Deion. Prime time. Neon. Deion. Yep. AP, somehow the Houston Texans won another game. I mean, they've been knocking on the door for a couple weeks, but they finally get one. 
and they do so at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. This game was delayed two hours because they didn't have enough power to yeah. power the stadium. Yeah, was shut down. <laughs> yeah, it, I, the power grid was out. Texans 19, Titans 14. Yeah, I mean, this was, I think was a lot bigger of a reflection on where the Titans are going more so than where the Texans are going. I think we've seen why... Malik Willis wasn't drafted until the third round and why he slid that far. In, in the, It's still a small sample size, but I don't even know if he's thrown his first career touchdown yet. Um, if he's the next guy in Tennessee, and I think that's far from a lock that he is, that it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of growth for the Titans to to be able to compete with the way the Jags are playing right now and with the picks that the Texans are going to have and everything. So, I would expect if this holds out, Titans-Jags week 18 will be your Sunday night football game. Winner take all, loser probably out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Gross. Well, yeah, that's what, but that's but that's, that's not what a great Sunday matchup. Night, but that's, <laughs> that's what Sunday gross. night football wants. Right. They want the win and in. They yeah. don't need the like the Bengals and the Ravens. That the win are both and in is enough of an attraction. To, yeah, yeah. It, it, I get it's, it. It's the win and in. I and, would and, bet money that that's your Sunday night. And that's if the it final is, regular you know season what? Gift. Trevor Lawrence is he's fun to watch right now, and he's been fun to watch the last what month or two now. So, Zagura Christmas Day, Tampa Bay nineteen, Arizona sixteen in overtime. Gross. McSorley, gross. Get Cole McCoy back in there. Clearly concussion protocol. Disgusting. I don't know what's going Awful. on with Tom it's Brady gross. and that team. Uh, AP, this one was more gross. Mm-hmm. Rams 51, Broncos 14. Yeah. Almost um, maybe watch the NBA. You have to give Baker a lot of credit for what's been a, a, a you know pretty impressive start in L.A. Um, you know, he's helped him get, get them two wins now. He's, he's thrown just one interception, I think, in the three or, or four games maybe it's been. And um, – he just helped the Rams top 50 points against a top five defense. Uh, and the fact that he is doing this all in a crash course with the Sean McVay offense is, is pretty impressive. Game yeah. of the day on Christmas. Packers 26, Dolphins 20. Is a girl one thought. These young receivers are so good all around the league. Waddle. Even I thought Watson, and he got knocked out there. But don't count out the Packers. That's a team nobody wants to face if they do get into the playoffs. Their D is good. Rodgers is, is okay. The ayahuasca is farther enough out of his system. So... I think he's starting to play a lot better. That is one thought from Week 16 in the NFL. And again, it's sponsored by Taco Bell's Football Feast. Pick up a Football Feast meal featuring a Chalupa Supreme, a beefy 5 later burrito, a cinnamon twist, and a medium drink after 9 o'clock p.m. The box, only $5. All right. When we come back, hour number two of Cleveland Browns Daily, The Hoff joining us live here. It's going to be a real treat. You're listening to CBD, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon, very soon, to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because we tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Today, hour number two of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. And, oh, kids, we've got Christmas is not over. Presents keep coming, and this present is the Hoff. Joe Thomas joining us live. What's up, Hoff? What's going on, Z? It's good to be chatting with you. Uh, after a few days under the weather, the Christmas was not as joyful as we had hoped. I think I got whatever you had uh, yeah. last week over the Christmas holiday season, and I'm just starting to feel a little bit better right now. Yeah, and so I got it. I started to feel it last Saturday night, and then Sunday probably is when it first started. The Sunday after the 
What game was that? Not the Saints game, the week before that. The Ravens game. Sunday after the Ravens game. I'll be honest with you, Hoff. It's now the Tuesday, so we're at day 10. I'm still not 100%. I don't know what this thing was. Very nasty, but I'm, I'm planning on getting back in the gym today, though. This will be the first time I've been able, nice. even felt like I could get in the gym, and that's what I want to do. So that's what I'm going to do. So nice. you'll get through it. The good news is, is that the the main symptoms subside pretty quickly and then it's just more kind of like your voice and general malaise mm -hmm. and i know for you with your vocals in the past you've had some issues there so <laughs> just keep it rested well i'll do a lot of the heavy lifting today huh there so i appreciate you i'm doing the uh, tennessee titans dallas cowboys game on thursday for westwood one radio my oh, first awesome. ever foray into national <laughs> color radio broadcasts and let's go of course I can't smell anything because I'm so congested. So I'm I'm hoping it works its way out before Thursday. Otherwise, the radio listeners will not be very happy with my uh, first foray into the radio you broadcast booth. Pump the uh, the halls, the menthol ones, the blues. Mm, okay. Those things just keep a steady diet of those in your and that will open everything up a little bit and then also you know cool and soothe the throat, keep it moist in there. So you'll be good. Oh, Hoff, what a treat for everybody! Right. Now I know what I'm doing on Thursday. I'm putting on the there radio. <laughs> I'm listening to the Hoff. That'll be fun. Too bad, obviously, the Titans' offense is struggling, but the Cowboys, that'll be that'll be a fun one for you. Yeah, the Cowboys are hot. So, obviously, it's, it's a big game for them to try to continue that momentum. And I don't think there's a strong chance that they win the NFC East with the Eagles because the Eagles have to lose their last two. The Cowboys would have to win their last two. But I think more than anything, just kind of continuing their hot streak. Dak played probably his best game of the season last yep. week against the Eagles. So for them to continue that into the playoffs is huge. The Titans, they're they're in all sorts of trouble. I mean, they lost their last five games. This game is meaningless now because they're going to go play Jacksonville the last game of the season. Whoever wins that ends up winning the AFC South, as putrid as that division is this year. So um, yep. it'll be an interesting game to see how much uh, of the starters you see from the Tennessee Titans because they got a bunch of guys banged up. And this is essentially a meaningless game on a short week so they may just kind of rest their guys so that adds another little wrench into my preparation as a radio guy trying to figure out all right it's almost like a preseason game gotta learn all the backups in case they're rolling them out there for the whole second half oh my half i got derrick henry in the fantasy finals you, do you get a production meeting doing national radio do you get at least do you get a little no. excitement there a little no. insight no okay no not not a whole lot of insight like i'm gonna be talking to the radio guy from the titans and the cowboys this week getting ready for the game um but Vrabel, as you'd expect, being a former Patriots guy, is holding things close to his vest on who he's going to play. But uh, Derrick Henry is a little bit banged up, so it wouldn't be a shocker if he at least doesn't get a lot of carries, probably not his normal workload, and they give oh, Malik Willis gosh. the opportunity to kind of get some uh, – <laughs> yes, you're going to be not very happy screaming at your TV when Derrick Henry either doesn't play or gets like five carries. All right, Hoff. I need you guys shoot me a text when you when you the more that we get here, you shoot me a text and let me know what's going on here because yes. this is big, Absolutely. big stakes. Other than feeling a little under the weather, how was your Christmas? It was great. Um, kids were still at that perfect age, like nine, eight, six, and four. So oh, they're all yeah. still sweet loving the magic of Christmas and Santa. Sure. Such a great sweet spot and. Um, we had a great Christmas day with just our family and then a nice little candlelight Christmas dinner, which, you know, I like to sit down just like you Z to a nice yeah. 90 minute to two hour meal with seven to 10 courses, you know? And so we got oh, yeah. mama was in the kitchen all day, making the glorious Christmas ham and all the sides. And we sat down, we had the candlelight dinner. Everything was perfect. I was ready for a good 
hour to two hour session with, at dinner. And uh, as you know, with kids about 10 minutes in, all of a sudden they're all getting up from the table and they're storming off to go play with their toys. So it was short lived, but it was still wonderful. How was yours? It was great. Well, you got to just keep the adults there. The adults stay and the kids go play. And then <laughs> you're, right. it's all good frolicking. Yeah, let them frolic That's a little right. bit. It, it was great. Um, did the uh, the two prime ribs, um, and yeah. it, it turned oh. out, as it does every – I mean, it's it's perfect. And you know, everybody was saying, mm. you're not even stressed. I'm like, I'm not stressed at all because the sous vide is just so perfect. So I uh, – I got them rubbed up. Now, my father-in-law does not like rosemary, so I had to make one that didn't have any rosemary in the mm. rub. And then Shame. that was a small one. And then the big one. I know. Sad. I don't get it. But And then oh. the, the normal one. And I had this really good from our new knife set, this kind of long, thin knife that I was able to kind of poke through the entire meat. And Ooh. then I could, like, line that oh. hole with garlic cloves. So, like, right oh, in the baby. middle, one through the rib cap, and then a couple under. So there was probably, like, 20 garlic cloves in there, too. And when you sliced it, like most pieces oh. got like a cooked garlic clove in there that was oh my. really good. So, yeah, rubbed it all up, uh, browned it at 475 for 15 minutes, and then in the bag, in the sous vide. And I upped the temp a little bit this year. I usually go right around the medium okay. rare 129. I upped it to 132.5. Very mm-hmm. pleased with the decision because it got more of the, the really? fat melted in and – it was just the oh, perfect texture. Uh, so it was in the sous vide for about seven hours and then back into the oven again at uh, 475 for 10 minutes to crust it up at the end after I brushed it with some ghee to give it a nice little crust on the outside. And Amazing. when I sir, I kind of do, I sent you the video and I cut into it. I was moved. Yes. I was moved to tears. It was so, so <laughs> you beautiful. You were moved to tears. That it was, was so special. beautiful. That was a special video. I'm so glad. I'm going <laughs> to save that on my phone. If I'm ever feeling down, just see the joy and the, the glory on your face when you sliced into that epic oh. piece of meat. There's nothing better when you slice into it and you get to see the color. You're like, success. Yeah. And even though I knew it was going to be it's good, and then, uh, yeah, we just we keep it simple. You know, We had a bunch of different apps, so we had kind of like an hour and a half like app window with various oh. wines and whatnot and then uh, mm. the dinner is is a simple three ingredient dinner or three item dinner you got your prime rib i make a, a fresh au jus use some of the bag juices some worcestershire some mm-hmm. red wine uh a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, a little beef broth and then a fresh rosemary sprig some garlic get that going that was delicious mm. um so it's just the meat mashed potatoes which i bought some amazing made mashed potatoes at metropolitan market they were it came in like mm. a like a six pound bag that was like vacuum sealed and they were reasonably priced. And so all I had to do was get them heated up and I added some ghee to that, some milk and uh, a bunch of uh, roasted garlic and just Mm. whipped that up. And so that was good. And then peas and pearls and that's it. That's all you get. Those are the three items. And it's just, uh, it was great. So 14 pounds we had, I guess 10 meat eaters, but one of those was Arden. Although Arden eats a pretty good portion. My mom, not so much. Uh, but we had all we had left was probably like a two inch slab is all that's left. Oh my! And some of the bones. Oh, that, that, was that's good. a good feeling. Like I did beef tenderloin for our Christmas Eve dinner when I had my parents over and my sister. Oh yeah, I saw that. It was beautiful meat. Oh, it was glorious. So I did two because the ladies they like it a little more well done. So I did uh-huh. sort of like a well done. That hurt piece. you, I bet. Would hurt yeah. me a little bit, right? It does. I mean, you this, this beautiful beef tenderloin, <laughs> like, and you're cooking it at 160 degrees, which is hotter than I cook <laughs> chicken. Like, it doesn't even make sense. But hey, that's I, I say it's their preference. Hey, they're if they're happy, prefer they're happy. things. 
That's right. Because yeah. I've cooked it at 129 or 140 a million times, and they don't like it every single time. So at some point, I got to stop being the bozo and just cook it the way they like right. it. So I finally did that, and then I did the 129 for people that like meat that tastes like yes. meat. Uh, you're gonna stop right there yeah amazing and every little bit of it was lit clean there was no leftovers which leaves you a little bit sad but at the same time it leaves you very happy that everyone enjoyed the meat and uh they consumed all of it so I, i like your idea though on christmas to have just three items because that's one thing that i think we we could have done better maybe next year different planning like in hindsight this is my after action report we yeah, it's good. do a huge charcuterie plate. Like Annie loves doing yep. a giant charcuterie board. Love it. And then for the adults, instead of buying each other gifts, we bring something that we can all share. So my oh. wife had like a little champagne tasting. My dad had like a special drink. It was kind of a version of like a Manhattan that he had that for to make for everybody. And like it was mostly just booze and like food to share and stuff. And then we dig into this giant charcuterie tray. And then you go upstairs and then there's like... 13 app side dishes and two like two meat courses and mashed potatoes and we've got uh squash and it's like almost too much because you kind of want to focus on your favorite things so i think streamlining is definitely one of the improvements we can make for next christmas yeah we went big on the apps so uh, i'll shout out again metropolitan markets this nice market on the east side and they have this great kind of like frozen app section um and everything's really good so we had I got those. I got these little like crab claws. You know the kind of kind of the little. I think yeah. they're maybe snow crab claws, and it's like got mm-hmm. a poof of meat that kind of comes out of it. So I, I got like sixty of those, like a couple pounds of those, which were awesome. So that was kind of the cocktail, and then I served that yeah. with uh, some Elmo's cocktail sauce. We had this like mustardy dipping sauce, and then also I had some truff in case somebody wanted to just go straight into the truff because truff's so good. Love it. And then we got from Metropolitan Market duck quesadillas, so like mini duck quesadillas. Oh. It's easy, easy hold, and they're delicious. Uh, crab, mini crab cakes, which are always a win. Yeah. Um, uh, Kayla loves this, a brie and like raspberry puff pastry that's, again, frozen, and you just pop them right in the oven. And then uh, these Maui, they called a Maui shrimp spring rolls and they were little bite-sized spring rolls with a full shrimp in each little spring roll and so uh, people went to town there was nothing left on the app so that kind of gave you all your seafood and your variety right there and then the streamline was good because the oven was all i needed to do was just to finish the meat Mm -hmm. and then i had the stovetop and i just had mashed potatoes in one pot and the peas and pearls in the other and i just had to get them you know warm basically Mm -hmm. and then it was Mm -hmm. then we were just good to go man good to go it was it was a delight how was the latour the half did you were able was the nose that allow you to, to enjoy the sweet mm. tastes yeah I, I mean i certainly enjoyed it but uh, like i was telling you you can tell it's a fantastic bottle of wine and you can't fully appreciate it if you can't smell anything yeah. no <laughs> like, that's hard. So it's an important up. sense it was, it was crazy but um definitely enjoyed it uh the wife loved it she was you know kind of on path and she was like i don't know if i want any wine as soon as i popped that she was like, all right. She smelled mine, and she goes, why don't you just pour me a little glass? And then <laughs> we ended up both drinking half and half in the whole bottle because it was so yes. good. Yes. Uh, so thank you for that. That was oh, yeah, for a, sure, a of course. delightful gift for Christmas. Thank you. What a treat. Absolutely. Good. All right, Hoff. So we've talked about all the joy, all the merriment. Now we got to talk about mm-hmm. just Less real joy. quickly some eh, – we'll do it after. You want to do it after the break, Gibby? Gibby says after the break, and Gibby's the head honcho. Perfect. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what happened with the Browns on Christmas Eve. A uh, little, you know – not as pleasant as the other things we've been discussing, but it is the half hour. We're having a great time here. We'll be back with more Clean Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio. 
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. If it tastes just like real iced tea, you know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, and with a 5% kick of alcohol, it's thirst down and goal. Twisted tea, hard iced tea, keep it Twisted. Nathan Zagura and the Hoff. Joe Thomas. All right, Hoff. Saturday, the Browns race out. 10-0 lead. You're feeling good. The weather is awful. It's cold. And then the Browns go cold. Ice cold. They give up 17 unanswered. They lose 17-10. to What went wrong? What did you see? What, what, what happened, Hoff? Well, the biggest thing that I take away was their just inability to get touchdowns when they get near the end zone in that red zone area and playing a really cold game. It's going to be a low scoring affair. I played in a few of these in my career. The the few that stick out is the snowball that we won eight zero against the bills. And then the Thursday night game, I want to say we won like zero against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a really cold game where we sacked Roethlisberger a bunch of times. And then we lost one in December in 2008 against the Bengals. That was the coldest game of my career that I would maybe consider it similar to this game. And I want to say it was 10-0 or 7-0, something like that. But either way, all those games are going to be low scoring because you're just not moving very fast. You're not going to have a lot of downfield opportunities for explosive plays because the weather is just so bad. It's cold and yeah. windy. Uh, and so when you get an opportunity to get close to your opponent's goal line, you got to find a way to finish with seven. Uh, you can't kick field goals, and you certainly, like we saw on the final drive of the game, you can't come away with no points, um, especially when you have opportunities. And they had some opportunities. Like I, yep. The two that stick out of my head is uh, the Amari Cooper when he f- slips in the end zone, and then yep. uh, David and Joku, the drop at the end of the game. And, and it's just a couple plays in the NFL usually determine the outcome of a game, but especially in these cold games where it's a low-scoring game and it's going to be tight. Like, one or two plays, and sometimes it's just bad luck. Like, when Amari slipped, it was just bad luck because the field's frozen. Yep. And you're just not used to that. Uh, but <clears throat> with the Chief, when you got an opportunity to make a play in a tight game like this, you got to make them. And unfortunately, the Browns were not good in those moments. And that's kind of been a little bit of a, a window into what's happened the whole season in those critical moments. Those third downs, those fourth downs, those red zone opportunities. Like, those big moments in the game, they're not making the plays when they have to. Huff, why can't we run our kind of slow-developing pin pulls anymore? It, it feels like they just do not work. That's a good point. I, I think one of the possible things is that with Deshaun, you're running a little bit more shotgun. And those pin pulls, <clears throat> typically, they they work a little bit better when you're under center and the, and the running back's behind you because it's a balanced look. Um, you can't – it's harder to run those pin pulls from shotgun because the defense knows – it's pretty tough to have your back offset one way and then come all the way across formation. It's pretty slow and go the other way. So you yep. kind of have to grab it and pitch it to the same side. Now that's not saying that's the only way you can do it, but it sort of, it tightens your playbook and the number of different ways you can get to those concepts and the defense knows it, right? So that they can have little tips pre-snap. Um, that would be maybe one of those things I would say possibly, but I, th- I still think <clears throat> that was one of the things that they were the best at, you know, for, since Kevin Stefanski got here with Bill Callahan and, yeah. um, you know, ha- having Ethan Posick back at center was important, I think, cause he's a pretty good puller, but 
Um, other than that, I mean, typically those plays, they're, they're not working if there's not, not a good down block. And that's not always the case. It's just it's just a little bit cloudy. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's just being a little bit on an edge and not being tight with your details when you're getting those plays called. Yeah, because the ground game, it's struggling, and this game really came down to who could impose their will physically. And, and I, I thought that, you know, the Saints, we expected to see a lot of Taysom Hill, something I talked about pretty much leading up to the game all week and talked about on the broadcast extensively. And that really flipped it for them, that last possession at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. first possession of the second half, and it became a, a good formula for them, made the defense play 11-on-11. And then for us offensively, you know, uh, we ran it effectively with Watson, but did so sparingly. And, and you know, you look, hindsight's twenty twenty, and he's not built like Taysom Hill, who's a tight end as well. Uh, but what did you make of, of kind of that difference and, and then their ability to kind of just impose their will? Well, that was one thing that was disappointing to me. That was sort of my there as I was uh, drinking the great Nathan Zagirl wine <clears throat> after this game on Christmas Eve. Um, I was disappointed with our tackling. I know it's cold. Uh, I know that it's not tackle dudes that are big like Taysom Hill and uh, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara. Like, that's not fun, but that's your job in those environments. And to allow a team like the Saints in in an environment where it's really difficult to throw the ball downfield. So you know the run game's coming. Like, that's what they're bringing. It's that type of mindset game. Uh, So you got to just go in with that mindset like it's going to hurt, but that's behind me. And I'm going to go do my job and we're going to stop the run and we're going to make Andy Dalton throw downfield to beat us. And they didn't do that. I mean, the Saints had 152 yards rushing and they're not a great rushing team. They're, no, they're not like the Browns. They're not like some of these other teams like you know, like the Titans that I'm seeing on Thursday. Like that's what they do. The Saints, that's not exactly who they are. And I thought the tackling was poor. And I thought that was a big part of why the second half kind of flipped the momentum is they were just able to churn out those five, six, seven-yard runs where, you know, maybe we made contact at the line of scrimmage or one or two yards down the field, but then they just kind of pushed and surged and lurched forward for five or six yards, and pretty soon it's second and four, and they have their whole playbook available to them, right? Whereas all you got to do in those situations is you get a stop on first down, and now it's second and ten, and they realize that it's going to be hard to convert long third downs, right? So the pressure becomes so much greater on an offense when they don't have a successful play on first down in these really cold, terrible environments. Uh, And then on the offensive side of the ball, I would like to have seen Deshaun get more opportunities to run the football because looking forward to the last two games of the season, I want to see what this rushing attack is going to look like next year. And for me, it's going to be a healthy dose of Nick Chubb and then Deshaun Watson, like more opportunities with the RPOs, more opportunities with the, more creative ways to get to some of those pin pulls when maybe Deshaun Watson's in the pistol or maybe you are in the gun and you got your back offset, but it's a fake to the pin pull. And now Deshaun Watson's running a bootleg and he has an option of either running it or dumping it into the flat where you see a lot of times like the backside tight end, he'll run down the line of scrimmage like he's blocking and all of a sudden he'll pivot and then he'll flatten out. And as the quarterback's booting out, now he gives him a short opportunity for an easy completion or the quarterback can run. Or a lot of times then you have a player from the far sideline who's streaking all the way across on like a deep over. So if you have a shot, you can take it. But I think those type of concepts are what fits this offense. And I would have liked to have seen more of that in this game, more opportunities to run the football with Deshaun Watson, especially in some of those third and short, fourth and short situations. 
Yeah, you just wish in some ways that, you know, these games were being played on the road in domes so that you would have an opportunity <laughs> to kind of see everything you want from Deshaun Watson. And I think that's the hard part is you haven't been, I mean, this game was, you mentioned it. It, it looked like, I, I kept commenting on the broadcast, it, it looked like everybody was moving in slow motion. Like uh, Clearly guys did not trust their footing. It, it looked like it was almost hard for the body to run at full speed. The acceleration and burst you're used to was not there for really anybody on either side. It was it was kind of weird to watch the game unfold. I don't know if it looked that way on TV, but certainly it did You know, from the vantage point up above. Yeah, it did. And I remember playing in some of those cold games in, in college in the NFL and even like as a kid just going out and throwing the ball around during Christmas break in the snow piles, like your body just moves slower when your muscles are cold. And it's kind of like as a reporter, you know, being on the sideline for those games. I remember doing some pregame and halftime postgame shows with Thursday night football where it was pretty cold. And all of a sudden, as soon as your face gets cold, you're talking slower and everything's just moving slower. It's harder to get those things out. And it's the same thing when you're out there trying to play, like you're just moving slower. It's kind of like the the slow-mo button got hit, but for an offensive lineman, you like that because it slows those dudes down to your speed, right? The defensive linemen now are not running as fast, and you saw the impact there, I think, a little bit. Miles Garrett really didn't have much impact at all in the game because as a pass rusher, as a fast guy, you kind of get neutralized, especially on the defensive side because you're already slower now, right, because of the cold, but then you're also trying to react to what the offense is doing, and when it's good at good conditions you can react in a split second but when the conditions are bad and fields frozen it takes even longer and so it it seems even longer by the time on defense you recognize what's happening and you can respond to it and so a lot of times the pass rush is almost uh completely ineffective because of the cold and because of the field conditions Hoff, Jack Conklin, four-year contract extension. Uh, I thought he's played pretty well this year, especially kind of his pass blocking over the last, you know, you'd say second half of the season has been very, very good. Uh, What did you think about that deal, and and how important is it to kind of have that continuity? I think it's huge. Uh, I think Jack's played really well, especially coming back from such a gruesome injury. He's gotten better each week for the most part um, as he's trusting that knee a little bit more. And I think it's really important because <clears throat> this offensive line, I don't think anybody would say is the best in the NFL this season. Um, no. They've had some highs and lows, but they're still one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. And I think the key to the success, the formula that Andrew Barry's trying to build here is, is a very good offensive line. You can pass block, who's a good run blocking, physical offensive line. You can run the football. And then you got Deshaun Watson, who keeps you in every game because he can throw the football in the pocket. He can get outside of the pocket. He can make plays off schedule. Like I think having Jack there on the, on the right tackle, especially as you look around the league and see how hard it is for teams to be able to find those starting or better quality offensive linemen, like it was a no-brainer to keep Jack here, especially a guy that so desperately wanted to continue his career in Cleveland. Yeah, he did, and and he will get the opportunity to do that. When we come back, we'll quickly go around the AFC North. We'll go around the league as well. You're listening to the Half Hour here on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk, proud partner 
of the Cleveland Browns. Joe Thomas with us. Let's go quickly around the AFC North. The Bengals in first, 11 and 4. Ravens second, 10 and 5. Steelers jump to third at 7 and 8 after that late rally to defeat the Raiders on Saturday night. So, Hoff, let me ask you this. What, what's going on with the Raiders, and, and what did you think of Kenny Pickett to George Pickens? couple of rookies, big plays late for the Steelers. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the Raiders. They started the game pretty good, and then all of a sudden it's like the wheels just fell off. They weren't really able to do anything offensively pretty much the rest of the afternoon. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's got a good defense, but you got to be able to score more than 10 points in a game if, if you're expecting the win. Uh, they, they were able to keep it close. They lost 13 to 10, but um, Kenny Pickett kind of had a little bit of a signature moment already in his rookie year, being able to come back on a night that was very special for a lot of Steelers fans as they honored Franco Harris with his tragic passing this past week. Um, and George Pickens looks like an absolute stud out there. I mean, watching Kenny Pickett throw to George Pickens is going to make Steelers fans pretty happy. And I'm, I'm not real happy about it myself because I was hoping for uh, some offensive uh, lack of success there for several yes, years trying to figure out their quarterback position. But Kenny Pickett looks like he's grown really well into that position every single week. He's got the confidence. He's got the moxie. And he's putting together some pretty good performances here already in his rookie season. All right, around the NFL, the Broncos fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett. They should have done this weeks ago. They should have done it really after the first game when it was obvious he did not know what he was doing. Uh, but they made the decision after an absolute debacle against the Rams. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it was a long time coming, which is weird to say about a head coach who's only been there one season. Um, but the team just looks disorganized. Uh, they're in disarray constantly. There was no progress at any point during the season. And no. You give a first-time head coach who's, you know, figuring things out with Russell Wilson uh, a little bit of leeway at the beginning of the season, but you want to see some progress. And to be embarrassed by Baker Mayfield and the Rams, 51-14. I mean, Baker's been there a couple weeks, and he looked like the one that had been there forever, uh, not Russell Wilson going against uh, Baker Mayfield. It was just sort of a bizarre game, how bad the Broncos are, because they're supposed to have a pretty good defense, but I guess when you can't just, piss a drop on offense it just puts so much pressure on your defense and then all of a sudden the levees end up breaking and uh, I think it'll be interesting we kind of knew that Nathaniel Hackett was going to get fired but I want to yeah. see what the Broncos are going to do with Russell Wilson right because he's got the big contract yep. um, obviously they gave up a lot to get him but they've got new ownership the Walton family bought the team and they may be willing to just swallow their medicine and just say hey we got to get rid of Russell find out what we can get for him and just start over at the top with head coach, quarterback, and wipe the slate clean. Be a lot of dead money they'd be dealing with, but maybe it's a a sunk cost at this point for the Denver Broncos. The Buccaneers, they got a win in overtime over the Cardinals on Sunday. But today, Cardinals defensive end J.J. Watt announced that he will be retiring after the season. J.J. Watt... It, it certainly the, the beginning of his career in Houston was probably the most dominant defensive player on the planet. Hoff, where does he rank for you? You know, peak of his powers is guys that you had to deal with. And, and how often did you have to deal with them? Or was he always inside of when we played them? He was mostly inside when we played against him. Occasionally he'd bump outside. And then later on in his career, he kind of found a home a little bit more on the right side of the offensive line, playing yeah. kind of over that right guard, uh, right tackle. And, and he had so much freedom especially when he was in Houston, kind of do whatever he wants. And then the guys that were playing behind him at linebacker would just try to clean up the mess. And I think that's part of the thing that made him so special was 
his unpredictability. Like he'd be lining up over the guard and you look at the defense and the structure and where guys usually are gap assigned and you couldn't predict whether he was going to be in that B gap, the C gap, the A gap, because they gave him freedom to go wherever he wants because he was just so good at making guys miss with that swim move. I mean, I think he probably had the best swim move of any guy that I've ever seen. Um, and that's still to this day what's getting him home in Arizona, like his ability to kind of feel the way the offensive lineman is leaning, put enough pressure on the offensive lineman to get the lineman leaning out over his toes a little bit and then do a quick snatch and a swim with the arm over. Um, I mean, that's basically his entire game. And it's still amazing for a guy that doesn't have a ton of moves, works almost every time. And I think at the peak of his dominance, he wasn't as dominant as Aaron Donald on a one-play basis, but on a 70-play throughout the entire course of the game, I would say he's the most dominant player I ever saw because he just played so hard, like sideline to sideline. He was in on every play. He was knocking balls down if he couldn't get to the quarterback. He was – back on the running back in the backfield for TFLs in run game. I mean, he, he just did it all, and he was impactful on every play. You know, not to say Aaron Donald ever disappears, but he'll go stretches where he's not making big plays, and then all of a sudden he shows up with some enormous plays when it matters. Uh, but I just I can't ever remember any – even his brother TJ. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever remember seeing anybody play as hard as J.J. was playing in those three seasons that he won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he's a special and incredible career. He will uh, likely head to Canton when it is all said and done, I would imagine, because it, dominant. I mean, the resume more than speaks for itself. All right, Ahaf, this is from Gibbe. He wants to know, do we need to reseed playoff teams at the end of the season? As of now, the Jags and Bucks would have home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs with losing records because they won their division. I think it's fine. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What do you think, Hoff? I actually like that idea. Um, I know a lot is always said when you have these teams that win their division with losing records um, about, you know, what, what should we redo in the playoffs to maybe make it more fair? And, you know, one of the options is just take the best seven teams record-wise with tiebreakers, right? I don't like that. I like giving credit to guys that win their division, to teams that win their division, right? So I think that's good. But once you get into the playoffs, I would like to see a reseed so you aren't seeing these teams that are just, bad like i'm gonna be honest if the buccaneers make it i think they're a bad team they should not be hosting a home field a home playoff game just because they won their division the jaguars now they're actually a better team because they kind of started slow and i think it was sure. because of the newness of the offense the newness of, of that team with uh, a new head coach coming in there doug peterson um but now that they're rolling a little bit like they're a team that you look at them and you feel like they would be deserving if they win their division to host a home playoff game um but i I do like the idea of a reseed just to make it a little bit more fair uh and not give guys credit just for kind of falling off the log and winning a crappy division Mm -mm -mm. well i know i hear you i just think winning your division is something to it you play everybody played this game schedule basically right in terms of in that division Mm -hmm. and that and that gets you something um i go back to and if i'm going i try to remember what year this is the Seahawks won, went into the playoffs mm-hmm. with a seven and nine record, and the mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints had to come in and play them, and that was the one where they like the Rector registered on the Richter scale. Beast Mode had his big touchdown, yep. sixty-seven yard touchdown mm-hmm. run, and look, I mean, it's the playoffs. I think it's cool that mm-hmm. you win your division, you get a home playoff game. If, if listen, if you happen to be mm-hmm. the best of the worst, lucky for you, I guess. 
Yeah, I like to eliminate luck when it comes to NFL playoffs uh, as much as we can. No, I, I understand the excitement and the joy, but maybe, if anything, that game is an example of what you should receive because for the Saints, you know, they're a dome team. They're Obviously, if they're going to be playing in New Orleans, that's a much different game. It goes completely differently. They might have even won that game. I mean, obviously, hindsight's uh, total BS to be <laughs> talking about a game that happened that long ago. But They need to win their division, Hoff, and then they get to Seattle. play. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. But the division's tough. Like, sometimes you look at the NFC East right now, the two best teams in the entire NFC are the Giants and the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. you can – I mean, not the Giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys, and the Giants are probably going to make the playoffs too. Um and so you're going to say, like, the two best teams in the conference are going to potentially go down to the wire, and one team's going to win and get the number one seed, get a bye, and the team that maybe gets edged out, let's just say by a tiebreaker in their own division, is going to have to go on the road and play one of these teams at 7-9 and nine and maybe get bumped. No, hey, I like there's more storylines with it. So I totally understand that side of it. But uh, from a potentially fairness standpoint, making sure that the regular season has as much value as possible, especially as we're adding games, giving teams that finished with a much better record, better favorability with home field and who they have to go and play in the playoffs, I think seems like a fair trade-off as you're adding regular season games. There it is. There's the case from the Hoff. Mine, I say keep it the same. I like the fact that the division, you get to, if you wanted to beat some of your division, sweep them in the season. You got a chance to control. I feel like there's more control over who wins their division rather than the other stuff because you play basically the same record or the same schedule. Right. Basically, there are certain differences where you matched in seeding, but you'll play the you know the same representative in the other divisions. It's it's an interesting one. It's funny, you know. On one hand, you know you say, "Oh man, I got to go play these teams," but on the other hand, those teams have losing records, so you should be able to beat them mm-hmm. if you're ready to take care of your business and, and get it done. I like that, though. I like competition. I think it's fun. Hoff, we're going to be in, in D.C. Well, actually, no, we're not. We're going to be in Maryland uh, for New Year's Eve. Do you have any big New Year's oh. Eve plans, Hoff? Nothing crazy. So I'll be coming back from Tennessee on Friday, um, pick up the kids, go out to the farm for a couple of days, and we're going to celebrate New Year's Eve at the farm with the cows and the goats and the chickens. So it uh, should be fun with the kids. Uh, we'll probably set the New Year's alarm at 10 p.m. and and play a recording of last year's New Year's ball drop <laughs> so that we can get a bed and we don't have to wait till midnight. <laughs> that is an elite trick right there from the mm. Hoff folks. Play last year's ball drop. And when they do you just when you when they say welcome to twenty twenty two, do you just say twenty twenty three really loud so it drowns yeah, it out? It, I like oh, that. They, they just misspoke. It was they were uh, supposed to say twenty twenty three. They didn't want twenty twenty two to go. They said let's run it back. Let's That's run right. it back. So wonderful. <laughs> yes, we'll have rest up your voice. We can't wait to hear you on Thursday night on the call uh, for the Titans and the Cowboys on Westwood One. That'll be awesome, and uh, everybody I think is going to really enjoy that. So rest up the voice. Thanks for the time today, and uh, we'll talk again soon. We'll do. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve. Thanks for having me on, and I uh, hope to see a Browns win there in D.C. next weekend. You and me both, brother. You and me both. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to wrap everything up here on Cleveland Browns Daily. It's brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. 
on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumkey Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join us as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit www.rumkey.com to learn more. All right, Gibbe. Tuesday down. Tuesday down. Wednesday, we'll get back to some, We turn the page. Yeah, we will meet the commanders. They have not announced who will start at quarterback yet. They have a debacle on their hands. Heineke, Wentz. Give me Wentz. It's a big game. I'd love to see it's Wentz. It's a big game for them. Yeah, it's a huge game for them as they try to keep their playoff hopes alive and we'll be able to... We should look and see who our TV crew is for this. Right now, they are currently the seven seed in the NFC, are the commanders, because of their tie. They are 7-7-1. Seven, seven, and one. They are one game ahead of Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay. So yeah, if they, they can't lose, afford a slip-up. They lose. Those teams could pass them with a win this week. So. I feel like the pack... Pack's looking really Almost good. control their their destiny. So the Commanders play the Browns. The Packers play the Vikings. So tough game for the Packers there. They play the Vikings in Green Bay, though, in Green Bay. And then we said the Seahawks. They play the Jets at home who are reeling. So the Seahawks could easily win. And then the Lions play the Bears also in Detroit. So those three teams that are behind them. Uh, all are at home. They're all favored to win. The Browns and the Commanders. We'll see if the Browns can play a little spoiler. And that's really that's all you that's all you can hope for at this point. That's it. TV game is on Fox this week. Okay. Uh, Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, hmm. and Christina Pink. All right, Mark Schlereth. There it is. Stink. Yeah. There you go. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is where we are. But it is, and and for the Browns, it's your opportunity to try to go ahead and make the best of it, get a win here, and then go on and try to sweep the Steelers. We just found this out for the first time since 1988. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I'd obviously like to win this game so you have a little momentum. We can have a little fun next week, yeah, and then we talk about that. Let's, and we, let's go out and go. Let's let's go get two wins here, please. Yeah. Got to do it. Got to do it. I mean, Steelers the, win. If you have to win one of these two, you want to beat the Steelers. Yes. Four and two in the division. That's how weird a year it's been. You go four and two in the division, and still, and, and that means that you would go four and seven outside of the division. Not great. That's that's with a win over the Commanders, by the way. Commies, yeah. Yeah, without that, you could go three and eight uh, outside eh. of the division, which eh. would be just come on, it's New Year's. Come nuts. on, give me no. something for a lot New of years. positivity. A lot of we're gonna be hanging out here. together in Landover, Maryland, yes, bringing in the New Year. So the Browns will be back to work tomorrow as they get their preparations going for this game against Washington, which is gonna it's gonna be a playoff game for the Commanders. So it's gonna at least have a fun playoff feel, and then maybe we'll get a good feel for the one in the uh, in Pittsburgh to close out the season as well. I want to thank the Hoff for being with us as always. For Gibbe, in for Bo. It'll be Gibbe and I again tomorrow. Yeah, Poizel will join us a little higher or lower. Okay. Uh, Coach Stefanski's presser. A few other things. Yeah, meet the, and meet the commanders. Meet That's the commies. Coming up, you're coming up next here for you guys on this channel. The next level is next. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.